Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kenny Conversation, brought to you by JEGS, the leader in high-performance aftermarket car parts. Remember to go to JEGS.com for everything and anything you need for your vehicles. Well, today's a big day because we're very lucky at Kenny Conversation to always get the stars in all the sports, whether it's Tony Stewart or you know, Ron Caps or Haley Deegan. And now today, I believe we have the biggest star in his profession, sports journalism, Bob Pockrass. Bob, thank you for being on Kenny Conversation. Thanks for having me, Kenny. Well, let's let's start like this. Um, it's kind of, it's not a game show because this is very serious. Everybody wants to know who is Bob Pockrass. So, <laughs> Yeah, right. Let's start right there. So, Bob, where are you from? And tell us a little <laughs> bit about your journey to NASCAR. And we'll go back and forth on Kenny conversation. All right. Well, I was born in New York City, but lived the first 10 years of my life in New Jersey. Oh. And then I moved to Indianapolis. Uh, my dad got a new job and my family said, hey, we got moved to Indianapolis. And and as you know, I know how much of a northerner I was. I met some friends there in Indianapolis, some kids in the neighborhood, and they said, "Hey, we're going to go to the park and play ball." And so I got my baseball bat and my glove because I thought we were going to go play some stick ball or some baseball. And no, not in Indiana. No, I, that's basketball. Larry Bird, the Hoosiers. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I had a lot to learn when I got to Indiana. And one of those things was the one thing you do learn when you live in Indiana is some auto racing, because that's certainly big. It's in the culture there. You know, you, you hear back home again in Indiana before the Indy 500 and you're like, you know, what's the big deal? Well, like you learned that song in elementary school in your, in your choir class, you know, that you have to take, like, that's the song that you sing. So it's just totally ingrained in, in the culture there. Senior skip day when I was in high school. Yeah, you go watch practice at the Indy 500. Uh, so that was kind of my indoctrination to racing. I went to, yeah, I went to Indiana University. I didn't know a whole lot about stock cars, but, uh, you know, when I, I about around the time I graduated, I think I watched, I went to Days of Thunder and I, and I laughed about how hard those cars hit each other because I knew, man, they don't hit each other that hard in Indianapolis because I had spent some summers working as a quote runner for United Press International. You go get quotes from drivers and bring them back to the reporters. And I spent a summer working for the Marion, Indiana paper as a reporter for, you know, for their big uh, Indy 500 special section. So writing stories about drivers. Uh, one of the years was there, Willie, Willie T. Ribs was the one, you know, making his historic start. So I was there for a lot of history. And when I graduated college, I sent out about over 200 resumes and clip packages in the Daytona Beach News Journal call. 200. Yeah. Yeah, no, you want you, you want you wanted to get a job, and and look, you, you knew you were gonna. And Daytona said, "Hey, we have this uh, this uh, opening in our Deland office. It's a small town, but there's some high schools there. There's a college that's a university, and there's this short track called Volusia County Speedway." And I looked it up, and I think yes. Kenny Wallace, I think Kenny Wallace had just won a, a bush race there. Because uh, what, what year did you win that? Ninety or ninety one? 91. 91. Well, I, I got, I was there just a little too late because I arrived in August of 91, spent 12 years there and then went to a magazine called NASCAR scene, which was a weekly magazine that covered NASCAR Good one. magazines go, you know, that it didn't last, but we had a website called scene daily that website eventually closed. But the people who own that also own the sporting news, they rolled me into the sporting news. And then I went to uh, ESPN in uh, 2015 
and then it joined Fox in 2019. I think what I hear that really uh, interests me is so many kids nowadays, you know, they want to have their road planned out. You so you you moved from New Jersey <laughs> with your father, right? Yeah, yeah. You were going to Indy whether you liked it or not. That's right. So you you were just going with dad and this journey that you're telling us about. Uh, you were just going and doing. Was anything planned? No, I mean, really, nothing was planned. I mean, when you're when you're a sports writer, you you never know where it's going to go. I mean, when I worked at Daytona, I worked there for twelve years, and I mean, I would say the last ten years, I was sending out resumes fairly regularly, trying to find jobs. There was one year. I want to say it was like 1995 or 96. There's one day I got a call from three different newspapers on my voicemail uh, about jobs and just, um, you know, either, you know, I didn't get them, you know, so, but like, you know, everywhere. I mean, if you want to know, like I, I interviewed in Orlando, Florida, Melbourne, Florida, Bradenton, Florida, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Anderson, South Carolina, had phone interviews with people in Mobile, uh, Everett, Washington, um, trying, trying, to to where, trying to get a job while I was working in Daytona, just, you know, to go and cover sports in uh, those communities, Fort Wayne, Indiana. So you, you just, you never knew where you, uh, you might end up. And then what happened is, is that my seat in the Daytona media center was right across from where all the people from NASCAR scene magazine worked mm -hmm. in the media center in Daytona. So I got to know all the, all the people there. Uh, they got to see how I worked, you know, they, they saw me twice a year during the, during speed weeks and then in July. And so when they had an opening there, they, 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 they told some people they're like, Hey, we can you encourage this guy to contact us because, you know, we, I guess they kind of liked what they saw, you know, they, they knew how I went about my job, you know, and so they already kind of knew what I was about before, you know, I ever applied. So like Larry McReynolds, uh, you know, one of our biggest, you know, I worked where you were at for 15 years. I love Fox, love Steve Craddock, all my bosses, Eric Shanks. And, and I learned a lot from Larry Mack. So, you know, I, I did my due diligence as Larry say, I got my notes and, and I want to read this to you. And I want to talk about this. Who is Bob Pockrass? Came on a NASCAR scene with his own style, massive amount of stats and first person in the media center, gained Bob national attention. Bob, you're rare. You're different. Uh, did you ever realize that, that you were different <laughs> than all the media members? I mean, listen, I know you get along with all your yeah. know, well, I, buddies there. Did you ever realize that you were different? Yeah, well, I'm anal. Can I say that right. on your show? I think um, I I just have a natural curiosity and I just I, I remember things like, oh, I need to check on this. I need to continue to check on that. I need to continue to look things up. I need. And so and I just have I mean, you talk about like you asked where I was from. You know, my parents grew up in New York City. They were born in the mid 30s. And oh, so, you know, Russian parents. Absolutely. And so they're like, you got to have to work for everything you can get because nothing's going to be handed to you. And you, you know, it's it, it, so I think that's that's just 
something that was instilled for me, you know, from when I was a child. And, uh, you know, I guess, I mean, I think we're all a little, we're all a little different, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, different. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, some people might be able to do the job and be the, in, and not need to be first in the media center or, or less. But for me, I like to get in there and kind of get myself settled. So then I kind of know I can get focused on the, the work at hand. And so, you know, I think well, the, the other thing that, you know, you ask what makes you different is that, you know, I love journalism. I love, I always say that people's discretionary time and their discretionary income, they don't have a lot of it. And if they're gonna depend on me to help them understand one of the sport that they watch and help them determine whether they're gonna go to a race or not, or buy a driver's t-shirt or not, or how they spend their weekends, that's a lot of responsibility, <laughs> right? And you wanna do it right and you wanna be accurate and you wanna be fair uh, for those people who are, you know, who are, who are following you and reading, reading what you write. And if you can impact somebody in that way, that's a great, you know, to me, that's a great thing that, 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 that you can do in life. So let's recap, you, you come out of New Jersey with your New York born parents, born in the depression. Uh, you work hard. You follow your mom and dad to Indy. You don't really realize it, but it's basketball country, not baseball country. Uh, you grew up around the Indianapolis 500. You point out that Willie T. Ribs was a big story early in your career. Then you, you head on down to Daytona. You put out 200 resumes. Now, the reason I'm recapping this is I want the kids to understand that you didn't have a plan. And I know I'm repeating myself, uh, but you made your own lane and you became popular because of a hardcore work ethic. Now, this is where I'm going with this. And we go back and forth on Kenny conversation. In my opinion, you become so popular with your work ethic that to me, you land one of the biggest jobs in NASCAR journalism, Fox Sports, Fox TV out of LA, Eric Shanks, Steve Craddock, all the big boys, they come calling. Uh, what was that like <laughs> when you finally well, got what, I mean, was it the big call? Well, well, well uh, so what happened was, is that ESPN decided they didn't need a NASCAR writer anymore. They didn't need a motorsports writer. So my contract was ending with ESPN and actually ESPN was like, you know, we'd love to be able to keep you in some form. We just don't know how or where. And this is when they were going through a lot of leadership changes. So you weren't getting, I wasn't getting a lot of answers. And, and I think I, you know, and I put out a tweet there at the, you know, is that I found out the day before the banquet in the 20, I want to say 2018. And, and, you know, and so that after the banquet, I said, Hey, you know, I'm a free agent. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, uh, but there was also still the possibility of staying at ESPN. I just didn't know, and a lot of people called, and uh, but uh, so at the time, and still, you know, I, I was living in Charlotte. My wife was based in New York, so wow. uh, so my goal, my goal was to, I wanted to stay in journalism. B, I wanted to be able to see my wife more in New York, and C, you know, then stay in racing. And I talked to a lot of people in racing. I talked to a lot of people outside of racing. Um, there was some, that was a time when gambling news was really big because all, everybody knew it was coming. There were a lot of gambling websites that talked to me, had contract from at least one of them and one on the way. 
And, you know, Fox didn't really have, uh, they didn't have an opening per se, but they knew what I, they knew that all of that, many of their people followed me on social. Everybody. They knew that, they knew that, uh, that I, I brought a lot of things to their attention that they would want to talk about during the telecast. They had recently stopped having written word on their website. So they didn't really have like a, a writer or a reporter who they could go to and say, Hey, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen and stuff? And so, uh, so they saw that I could be a, a really good fit uh, for, for them, a really good addition. And, you know, I would say the January 1, 2019, It'd be about 30% chance I was going to be at the Daytona 500 because I didn't really, I figured I was going to move to New York, probably cover gambling. But Fox had, I talked a little bit to Fox and they came back soon after January 1 and had something that I liked. And they actually let me live in New York <laughs> mm. because I'm not in studio all that much, although I'm here, here for some stuff today. But uh, it was just, it was, a, it was a great fit. And it's a, it's another one of those examples, Kenny, you talk about like, you don't know your path. I got the ESPN job and mainly because again, those, the editor there had seen my work and had seen what he was at the track. He knew what I could do and, you know, and wanted me on his staff back in 2015. So it's just a matter of, you never know who's watching and you never know yeah. who's paying attention. Yeah. And I want to say something this is my, my, uh, my compliment, my comment. I don't think, uh, now listen, we love everybody. We don't be mean, but ESPN, I mean, you were there, but I don't, I don't think you showed up. Uh, what I mean is ESPN didn't do you good when you got, and, and I'm hardcore. When you got to Fox TV, they used you in all the right ways. They put you on TV. They made these short videos with you. Bob Pockrass is way more popular, way more famous now that he's with Fox because they used you in the right way. Now, what do you think of what I just said? Is that correct? Is that wrong? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, ESPN obviously didn't have a daily NASCAR show, right? So they, 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 they didn't have the outlets. You know, it was me and Ricky Craven and a couple others. Uh, there you were was to get rid of all that. Right. Right. And, um, but I mean, but they treated me well. And in fact, a couple of days after I signed with Fox, a guy called they're like, you know, from some, from somebody in their international division was like, we might be able to get you to some F1 races. Can you know, are you staying? I was like, no, I just, I just, uh, signed with, with, with Fox. So, so there was still, still have a lot of respect for the people there. I felt like that they, you know, even though it wasn't a high priority, maybe on the, on the TV side from the, from the dot-com side, they, they, they treated me really well. And they always seemed to have an interest in, in what was going on. I just think Fox had a lot of avenues, What they didn't have at the time when they hired me was we didn't have a website and I was actually able to write for USA today uh, mm. for a year. And then foxsports.com kind of relaunched in, uh, in 2020 with the app and, and new website. And that's when they, they added those duties. Uh, for me, but yeah, they've, they've made me certainly <laughs> more famous, more noticeable that, you know, whenever you're on TV, uh, you know, my goal is always to be able to impact as, you know, as many people as possible. And I think at, at ESPN, you certainly could do that because of the reach of, of the website, but obviously for NASCAR fans and the people who follow the sport, uh, 
uh, you know, NASCAR race hub, NASCAR race day. And now, you know, I think on our website too, at foxsports.com that, that we, we provide a lot of, a lot of information for them. Yeah. And, you know, years ago, the great Bill Elliott said to me, Kenny, life is about timing and circumstances. So once again, this is my opinion. Uh, ESPN loses you. Fox gets lucky and gets you. And you've got good managerial there. And boy, they, uh, I think it's just like you went from one team that was playing 500 and that now you're in the world series or the super bowl every week. So, you know, that's just my opinion, <laughs> Bob, congratulations on that. Um, you got one hell of a job. So I've noticed that it, it seems to me like you've always been a, a pretty serious man, <laughs> but they've taken you out of your element. I feel like <laughs> I, I see you at Bristol, partying it up, having a good time. And I know that's part of the content. Bob, are you fun? Or, or <laughs> I, are you I, fun on, on the, you know, at home? So, so well, well, I mean, here's the thing, Kenny, is that when you're at the racetrack and I'm a reporter, yeah. I'm trying to do a job and you have 600 things to do and I have 600 things to do. And so, you know, I'm going to ask you the questions and, you know, there may be a little bit of small talk, but there's not a lot of time for that. So I'm, you're going to see me, you're going to ask, I'm going to ask the questions and I'm going to go on and we're going to go our, our ways. And I think, um, you know, uh, I certainly have kind of a, a business side to me <laughs> and I think that's what people see. And that's what, and that was what people thought I was like all the time. And, but, you know, I, I feel like I have a silly side. I have a humorous side. I, I, you know, I can joke around, but that probably doesn't come off when people are watching a press conference or reading a story. You have to kind of see it more in a more interactive, interactive way. And certainly Fox has, has allowed me, has, has showed that, has showed that, that, that side of me. And it was a big uh, hit, Bob. Yeah. You, you know, I, dancing through the foam. <laughs> it was yeah, a I mean, huge look, hit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. And it's, uh, <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, I like, I, you know, I'm, I guess I just, yeah, it's just, it's part of my, part of my personality. Now it's not something, um, you know, I mean, it's not going to go into phone parties every week. So I'm finding, I'm finding one out, but you're, you're, but, more, you're more a business like, but like it was, I mean, um, in fact, so, I mean, how that gets started, I was had taken over Fox's Instagram for a day at Bristol and it was near the end of the day night you know after the race and well, like the truck race or same race and i asked the people at, NAS, at fox social i said hey am i done and they're like we really need one last bit you know to kind of close out this story <laughs> and i was like i was tired and i was kind of actually probably a little ticked off that they you know that i really need to do another one i mean seriously it's been 12 hours and uh, somebody from the track is like just made an announcement hey we're going to the phone party uh, does anybody want to come? And I was like, well, if they want something to close out this story, might as well go to the phone party. And, <laughs> and I did that video of like, hey, I'm at the phone party, probably a little, uh, you know, just kind of a little bit, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, after a 15 hour day, a little delirious. Yes. You yes. Yeah. So, so I was like, I'm going to give him something. 
see if they like it. And if now it's, around. yeah, now it's, uh, now I got to do it every year because it's just kind of become a little bit of a tradition. That's fun. And, and that's yeah. the thing that, uh, you know, you've, uh, I mean, people, people enjoy it. And if people enjoy it, then, you know, then, then let's do it. I think you made it okay for people that may be on the series side to jump around and, ha and have a good time. Well, you know, what a journey you've had. A uh, couple more things, Bob. Your advice uh, with the ever-changing times now. You know, we went from antenna for your TV. We went from no phones. Now this is everybody's world. And people at Fox know that. Uh, you know, they're live streaming now. What advice in particular now, stay in our lane, what advice do you give to kids now with this new era that we're in? And they want to be like you, Bob. <laughs> uh, my first advice is, especially if they want to get into motorsports, yeah. is don't feel like you have to find a job that's 100% motorsports right away. Uh, there's lots of as you know, Ken, there's lots of agencies and, and other groups that work in the sport, but they also work in other sports and even, you know, other entertainment in parts of the entertainment industry. And if you can find something that might be 10% NASCAR or 20% NASCAR, you and, and you get to do all these other things, that's not that that's not a bad thing at all because many people in this industry want people who have other experiences outside NASCAR to bring perspective. And if you as long as you're doing some stuff in NASCAR, people are going to notice. You're going to meet people, and you'll be able to get that uh, that job that's 100% NASCAR or 100% motorsports uh, later on, and you're going to be so much, probably so much better at it. Uh, so th th that's my uh, and and I, the other thing I'd say is do things that make you uncomfortable. Put yourself mm -hmm. in positions, you know, if you're like, man, I don't know if I can do that. Well, the only way to know is if is to try and if, if you can do that I'll with adding some foam that's right or well i mean look as i said you know i did some pit reporting for an arca race uh, earlier this year yeah. and i'd never done that before and you know i had always tell people hey put yourself in an uncomfortable position and when i saw we had an opening i was like well i'm gonna put myself in an uncomfortable position and mm -hmm. and you know and just to grow and just to see what what i could do and i think that's that's the thing is you've got it because whatever you do, uh, you're always job, whatever job you're going to have, you're going to get put in uncomfortable positions and you're going to maybe something that you didn't expect or something you're going to be given an assignment that you really don't know much about or how to manage it. But if you've at least been in that position before, you're used to having to either learn on the fly or go with the flow or reach out and, and find things out. And, and that type of experience is invaluable. So when I made it to the NASCAR Cup Series, that was it for me. There, there was nothing bigger. I was where I wanted to be. Can you go any higher in your profession? <laughs> or are you where you want to be right now? Well, I, you know, I mean, where I was before, I mean, ESPN, <laughs> like that. I mean, I mean, when you're a sports journalist, that has been the place, right? I mean, not, nothing against it's where I'm at world. now, right? The, the worldwide leader, right? And so when when they tell you they don't want you anymore mm. or might not want you anymore, Good you know, point. that's that's uh, that, that's rough. That's not the, the, yeah. the greatest feeling. Um, uh, 
you know, I, uh, you know, I certainly content and, 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 you know, who knows what, what's, what's down the road, who knows what's, what the next thing's going to be. Uh, but, you know, so I never say, well, like I've, I've reached the, the pinnacle. No. Well, I mean, you, there, there's more people to reach and more people to touch and more people to, you know, as far as with, uh, content and, so, you know, who knows, who knows what, what, what's out there. Um, so, but I mean, you talk about me being popular and you I are. think what, what, what's the great thing about that is that I got into this to be able to help people understand the sport and whether they enjoy it. And quite frankly, and my bosses here will hate me say this, like if they read what I write and say they want to go watch a basketball game, well, I mean, that's the, the basketball writer, I hope is writing something and they'll be like, eh, maybe I'll go watch a race. Right. You know, yeah. so, but you've done your job. You've, you've, you've helped influence what they're going to do. And so when people want, you know, when so many people come up to you at the racetrack and, you know, say that they, you know, they follow you and, and everything and, and want to say hello, like that's, I mean, that's just, that that's awesome because that's, that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing it. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I love you, Kenny, but I'm not doing it so that I can talk to Kenny Wallace. Yeah. I'm doing it because I want the Kenny Wallace fans to know what Kenny Wallace is all about. Yeah. Same here. That's why I have you on Kenny conversation. So Bob, <laughs> listen, th thank you so much for telling us your story and mm -hmm. let's end it like this. I've asked Kevin Harvick, Tony Stewart, Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin. We, we've had them all on here. And I'm going to end the same way with you because I think it takes us all. You know, it takes the race car driver, takes the journalism. So I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked them. Uh, four questions. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Your opinion on the state of NASCAR right now? Oof. Um, I think it's... I feel like it's on the upswing. I feel like it's it's creating uh, some new fan bases. The challenges, if you ask me to predict where the car industry is going to be in five or 10 years, that's hard to predict. So how am I supposed to know where the auto racing industry is going to go? You just uh, answered I, it. Right? Like that, it's-, it's You answered the sport right there. Don't know where we're going yet. <laughs> yeah, but I will say this. I still think that the, the, the biggest challenge is especially now um, the, the, the biggest challenge is getting people to have, to have passion for the drivers because in the past you used to go to Talladega and 10 years ago, you go to Talladega and you see Calvin and Hobbes stickers uh, peeing on a Chevrolet logo or a Ford logo on the back of a car. You don't have that anymore. You don't have that natural connection to your driver of your favorite car manufacturer. And you don't have, the Bush series going to like South Boston and the, that driver champ getting a ride and then building their way up. And so that, you know, you don't have these track champions who are now racing on Sundays who people kind of feel connection to through their local communities. So I think that to me, that's the biggest challenge for NASCAR going forward. So I'm going to skip number two and number three. Uh Oh, okay. Okay. No, right there. See there, it says the sport is too corporate. <laughs> Okay, so you, but you just brought it up. So I'm going to skip mm -hmm. two and three. We're going to go back to the next gen and penalties. Mm -hmm. The sport is too corporate. We all know that. 
And it's because the sponsors don't want their drivers saying anything wrong to dilute their sales. Don't say nothing wrong because then we only get 50% of the people to buy our product. So you're a journalist. Did you like it better when Rusty threw the water bottle at, you know, uh, Dale Sr.? Did you like it better when Dale Jr. got fined for saying (laughs) S-H-I-T? What is your opinion? Are we too cleaned up? Is that why we don't have the decals of, you know, and, and the drama? I mean, it was fun, more fun back then. What's your opinion? Well, I mean, my, my opinion is that the sponsors still have way too much influence, but they pay for that influence, right? And so the, 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 the way to fix that is to, ma- is to make it so that the teams are less dependent on sponsorship. Right. And, and, is, and if there can be, if they can figure out the model and figure out this charter system to a point where the teams are less reliant on sponsorship, they a potentially can get um, make more decisions based on talent rather than sponsors that a driver is bringing and b potentially let them be a little bit more themselves. Yeah, well, there, there's no doubt we definitely on purpose dumbed the drivers down. That's why I like Denny Hamlin. I like actions detrimental. I think, although it makes the NASCAR wiggle a little bit uncomfortable, it's like you said, you, you got to go outside your comfort zone. And Dale Jr. hired Denny Hamlin, and I think it's really good for the sport. So let's go back. Uh, we're coming down to the last two. Uh, what is your opinion on the next-gen car, the new car? I... I'm mixed. I, I like the fact that a track house and and a colleague can come in and, and win some races be, and it's probably because of the parity that the new car brings. I'm not a fan that the, the, the challenge has been last year on the safety side and currently still on the short track side, the advancement on the car because NASCAR runs it all is it takes too long as you're they're not very nimble in being able to make changes because a you only have a single supplier of parts but b the teams are not working on stuff you know it's burnt up again yeah so and 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 so what happens now nascar go nascar and the and that team kind of talk and, and maybe try to figure out a fix but in the past what would happen is that every team would be calling stenhouse's um would be calling Mike Kelly over at JTG and they'd all be trying to think of answers and trying to work on answers because they can figure out they can make their own parts and pieces to improve it and obviously in this new era they 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 can't they can't they're not going to make a new piece that they can't that you know because NASCAR is in charge of all the manufacturing and 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 all the designs uh, of it so I think that's to me that's the biggest uh that's the biggest challenge. Yeah, I understand. And, and I agree with you 100%. So uh, the last one, uh, what, three, four months ago, Hendrick uh, received, you know, with all the teams combined, I believe it was the largest penalty in NASCAR history combined, like $400,000. Yeah. What What is your opinion on the incredible uh, fines, the tech inspection, uh, the way they're governing uh, the car. 
Well, I mean, I think the fines have to be big in this because of the, the nature of this car. And uh, I think <clears throat> what I think's been best is that after that, Take a drink, Bob. <laughs> they start, they, they've, they've now started showing us the parts and pieces, like, right? Like last weekend, they showed us the photo of Kevin Harvick's windshield. And then they showed us the part and the piece and how, you know, and how like difficult it would be for it to come loose, you know, during, during a race. And so, and certainly that's their side of it, but at least we're, you know, they showed us the Austin Dillon piece that, uh, that got them in trouble. They showed us the SHR spoiler that, that got them in trouble. So at least they're now, I, I like the fact that they're at least showing us what's wrong and explaining to us what's wrong so that there so that those types of fines you you it helps fans make at least a little bit more educated determination on whether those fines are just or not right i agree well bob listen um you were incredible uh you haven't you've had an incredible journey i'm sure your journey's not over but uh listen up everybody we are in podcast form now and boy, we sure are showing up. We're on Spotify, iTunes. You can listen to Bob Pockrass on the way to work and on the way home. You can split it up. Bob, thank you so much, buddy. And uh, what do we got? Four more races to go? Four more. It'll be Four exciting. More. Thank you so much for being on Kenny Conversation. Thanks for having me, Kenny. Appreciate it.